Welcome, dipshits, to episode 64 of the Dipshit Files. We are the script keepers, right? Yes, we are. And we've got, what, what, what the hell we got? Today we're talking about online aggression, uh, cyberbullying, and trolling behavior. Well, shit. And the psychology behind it. That sounds like a lot of fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of such things. Let's look at it in some sort of file type system. Today, we'll be talking about uh, the psychology of online bullying and trolling behavior. Mm. Now, I know that many people have been the victims of online bullying. Mm. I mean, absolutely, if you're a content creator like, well, us, you just uh, have to deal with it. You'll have experienced some form of Sometimes trolling. Sometimes you say things that people don't like. <laughs> oh, well. Some form of trolling, negative comments, or bullying online. But. Today, we're going to kind of examine why does it happen and what can we do about it. Let's learn about the internet. So to start off, what exactly is cyberbullying? Hmm. Cyberbullying is a range of behaviors that people use to intimidate, shame, or alienate other people online. Cyberbullying includes, but is not limited to, using offensive or dehumanizing language against someone, uh, blackmail outing someone, threatening physical violence, that sort of thing. Nice stuff. Right. In the same way that bullies often try to isolate someone in real life, they might also try to rally others to isolate someone else in the online context or in real life. Mm -hmm. Now, what distinguishes cyberbullying from face-to-face bullying? So in the past few years, there have been several cases of high-profile people that have been bullied online. Most notably, Twitter has enabled people to communicate with famous people in a way that wasn't previously possible. It's nice to be able to call a famous person a cunt uh, (laughs) just whenever you feel like it. And there are many people who have used this opportunity to express uh, racist, misogynistic, misandrist, misanthropic, and homophobic beliefs directly at their target. Bam. That's a lot of... I know. A lot of of ists. One of the most striking aspects of these cases is the way that a pack descends onto the scene and also how online platforms appear to be ill-equipped to deal with bullying. <laughs> They're dorks. And so people are sometimes bullied completely off the platform. Yeah, you can't have dorks defend from the fucking bullies <laughs> on a dork system. That's not right. The internet also enables a person to bully strangers without geographical limitations via social media. Uh, comment sections, dating apps, etc., in a way that wouldn't have been possible previously. Additionally, a cyberbully can send abusive messages at any moment, not limited by the time restrictions of face-to-face contact. So, now that we've laid that foundation, let's just begin by looking at how online bullying has developed. Okay. I've seen firsthand the development of bullying and online abuse over time. I grew up in a time when we didn't have computers. Mm-hmm. When they emerged, they started as games for most of us in the form of, like for me, Atari 2600 or Commodore 64. I remember my first experience with computers occurring while I played Circus Circus, Asteroid, and my personal fa- favorite adventure. Toy. Remember me telling you about that game? Yeah. I said there was a dragon involved. I 
I finally found it. It's called Adventure. Well, it's like it a, was like in a castle. Pixels. Yeah, two pixels. <laughs> it was. That's but, a dragon if you look hard enough and but imagine it, was, it. It was my favorite. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad. So during this time, uh, when we had this is during a time when we had house phones that were still attached to the wall. Mm. Now, when it rang, we had no idea who was on the other end. <laughs> And I think my life fav- was a mystery back then. Oh, I think my favorite part of it all was wrapping myself in the twenty foot cord. Mm. It was it was like a coiled cord mm-hmm. while I was talking on the phone. I, I don't know why I love doing that. You can have a cord if you want. So when it comes to the subject of bullying, I've seen and experienced it firsthand at school, especially when I was in high school. The thing is, during that time, when you went home, that was it. Yeah. At least for the vast majority of kids. When the door closes, there's no right. following you into the house. Well, that was the end of it. We didn't have to deal with the bullies anymore mm-hmm. once we went home. Well, not unless, uh, not until the next day, anyway, when you went back to they school. They might call, but your dad would be like, get the fuck off the line. I know, I know, if they had your number. Right. If someone was being rude or being aggressive or domineering or controlling and abusive, Uh, We packed our things up, you know, our toys or whatever, and we went home, Mm -hmm. went to the safety net of our family. Now, I'm aware that there are people who've been uh, subjected to abuse, violence, and bullying at home by their parents and their siblings. However, I can only share from my own experiences on this. So, you know, this is where we're at. In the mid-80s, my family received their first home computer. It was the Apple One. Now, of course, being a child, I was never really allowed to use it as it was it was my dad's work computer. Mm-hmm. So within the next few years, a mobile phone was introduced into our family also for my father's job. But this mobile phone, it was actually like a briefcase looking thing. Yeah. It was massive <laughs> and it had a phone inside of it. So $80 a second. To I use. know. Yeah. Well, as time went on, uh, they became more compact cell phones, obviously. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until 1993 that AOL, America Online, was introduced, and I had my first computer with home internet in 1996. Mm. Now, we still had to use that landline phone that I was talking about. Right. (laughs) Well done. So we had to sit there in front of our computer and stare at this little blue bar as it moved across and the little person looked like it was walking. God, we learned how to be patient. But I we know. weren't we weren't patient though. Well, it took like a half an hour to Fuck get online. You, boobies. It was like boobies. It was boobies. We were just waiting for the boobies to oh, you, God. it was just the images. I mean took, some people know. I'm old. They but they <laughs> they know they're as old as me. They're like, Yeah, the boobies, man. <laughs> Trying to get beat it so before your parents get home oh, and it's God. like God. Well, it took about a half hour to get online. Yeah, it took about a half so hour if, to get the boobies out. So if, if, somebody, if somebody wanted to use the phone in the meantime, you had to stop the whole process and start all over again. Shit. Now, it was around this time that we had great, big, massive car phones and massive brick-type cell phones. Yeah. Um, and the cost to make a phone call was astronomical. Yeah. And this is where I learned all about roaming charges. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but I digress. That's right. All of this evolved over the years into us using our mobile phones for calls and for texts. And then from there, we developed into being able to surf the internet on our phone. And that brings us to today. Right. Now, I'm sort of sweeping over uh, some of the milestone developments there. But nearly every person over the age of 16 currently has a mobile phone on them right now. Pretty much. 
Now, in fact, you're likely listening to the Dipshit Files episode on your phone. Fucking A. We shouldn't even call it a phone anymore. It should be something else. <laughs> we have our phones on us most of the time. We take pictures on it. We keep diaries on them. We connect with our friends and family. We allow Big Brother to know everything we're up to. We, we use it we use it to take a peek at our friends' lives on social media platforms or the lives of people who live in different parts of the world. And we can even run our businesses on our phones now. But let's take a moment to think about the timeline here. So it only took 30 years to go from people dealing with people face-to-face to mostly connecting online. Mm-hmm. We can contact anyone, anywhere, anytime we want. We aren't limited by geographical restrictions or by time zones. Mm-mm. If we want to know something about anything, we can find it online in less than 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And that's really an important point right there. And I'm going to come back to that in a bit. Prior to the internet, we had only been entertained by actors on TV or radio personalities or by actually making the effort to go to the movies. If we didn't want to brave theaters, we waited for VHS. Uh, soon to be followed by DVD. We were given the local and the national news by a very small number of news outlets that basically told us what they thought we should know. Talking fuck! (laughs) By very small, I'm talking about three stations that I remember carrying the news. We had to wait to see our favorite sitcom until 8 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. And then we had to wait until the following week, same time, same place, to see the outcome of whatever drama had unfolded the week before. It was really miserable. It's much better now. But now we got the internet and we got social media and many of us have taken to hosting our own content online that anybody can see and access. Boo. Now you could say that we've been liberated from a structure that was previously restricted. Decentralized. Um, they, they previously restricted what we were able to watch and when. But all of this convenience has come with a cost. One of which being the price of people being abused and bullied online, even going to the extremes of child sexual exploitation and child abuse and like-minded people having the ability to share this ugliness at will with little to no consequences. There are those who write nasty comments, alter images to cause shame, or dig for personal information and use it against their victims in the form of doxing. These people who target specific people online never have to come face-to-face with those that they're directing their anger at. There are no consequences for their behavior. Social media platforms insist that they're doing all that they can to prevent this kind of online abuse. But they're dorks! But there are massive gaping holes with thousands of people experiencing online abuse every single day. When this is reported to schools or workplaces or the police... It isn't being dealt with properly at all, and there is a reason for this, which we'll get to. Right. Now, let's consider here what the purposes of bullying are. Okay. It's the same whether you're in a face-to-face context or you're cyberbullying, and it provides a way for individuals to project their feelings or distress onto another person. Right. It's really to upgrade a dork into a nerd or a nerd into just, you know, a normie. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I don't know. I really have no idea. People picked on me all the time. I really didn't understand the rules. 
It seems quite plausible to me that a nasty message provides the sender with some temporary excitement or some temporary relief from feelings of frustration by sending aggressive messages under the cloak of the internet. Does it though? Not necessarily anonymously, but just over the internet, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Aggressing in this way, the sender is protected from any possible physical backlash from the receiver. Mm -hmm. A long-standing explanation for the behavior of bullies, at least face-to-face contacts is that these are people who are unable to form a positive connection with other people. And so a negative, destructive communication is more rewarding for them than to be alone or isolated. Nice. But it could be more than that. Right. Stay with me here. So I'm going to come back to this point as well a little bit later. I'm sitting next to you. (laughs) Some people have strategies and advice in place to deal with online bullying. Some might make light of it. Some might turn it into a joke and, and still some might shrug it off. As if it never happened. I hid under my desk in the fetal position and cried. (laughs) And Angus had to save me. They might even create a post in response or replying with sarcasm to the comment, mocking the person who's trying to bully or abuse them. But what happens is, over time, we're then repeating these negative comments. And the more we hear it, the more we read it, the more likely it is to upset us or affect us in some way. Admittedly, I've experienced online bullying, and although I shrugged it off, the nasty comment remained with me for quite some time. I've heard people going online to intentionally make nasty comments or to bully people on purpose. They do it for the thrill of the argument. Uh, It's actually considered an entertaining afternoon for them. I've heard lots of people say that those being awful are actually the ones that are hurting within themselves. They use this outward abuse in an attempt to make themselves feel better. Hmm. I've listened to several sociologists and psychologists explain their methods for dealing with uh, nasty comments. Most say they reach out to those who leave horrible comments, asking them if they're okay. That sounds fucking tiresome and uh, time consuming. (laughs) Fuck those people is what I think naturally. One actually stated that they will link them to various avenues of help for those who are feeling down or depressed. That's Karen. Too much about your fellow man (laughs) for me. In their experience, they stated that those people who were commenting were feeling bad about themselves and that they were just lashing out. Mm. This specific psychologist also stated that when they received replies back, they were almost always an apology. So Mm -hmm. it was an interesting experiment in sociology. I did do that a little bit, and I did get some of that, where they're like, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well... We'll try not to be a cunt to people just willy-nilly, bro. That's <laughs> right. all you got to do. Just well, try every once in a while to just hold it back. Try not to lash out. So <laughs> most people, and I say most because not all of us, uh, it's not all of us. Most of us wouldn't walk up to somebody on the street and start saying uh, hateful things to them. No. Uh, but people do it online all the time. Yes. <laughs> most of us wouldn't walk up to somebody walking their dog in the park and threaten to injure or kill them face to face. Honey bunny, it's somewhere between Grand Theft Auto and reality. <laughs> it is, because you're like, well, I can't actually harm them, really. They could just turn the internet off. But I can hurt them if they if they interact. So it's kind of like running people over on Grand Theft Auto. We're going to get to Somewhere that. between there. I love your explanation. We're going to get to that, and I'd love to discuss it after I get to my explanation. Okay. Well, fucking I, I just thought I'd throw <laughs> some bullshit into the mix. So 
they threaten to injure they won't threaten to injure or kill them mm. you know to their face it's just not socially acceptable we know not to do that but right. they do it on the internet so this brings us to the question of what we can do about it um, now I suppose that depends on who or what the target of these bullies are uh, if it's a large potentially faceless corporation it's likely that nobody's feelings are really going to get hurt right oh it's Arby's. just Poor some, Arby's. right it's just some employee some employee is the one who has to whoever reads these yeah there's some marketing directors though that are probably like god oh, i missed the mark Maybe. on that one oh, well, it cost a lot of money on that one with their corporate employer being the target it's it's more than likely uh they're more than likely to take the comments with a grain of salt and shrug them off they're not going to take them personally right right However, what about the thousands of young people who are being harassed by other students online? Definitely going to take it personal. What about the thousands of people like me who read and reply to almost every comment that we receive? Personal. Should we make a joke of it if we do see those things? Yeah. We still read the comment and it still might upset us on some level. Nah. What if we were to respond with sarcasm or retaliate in some way towards them? You know, again, we still read it. We're still engaging with them, and a large part of the day is spent replying and responding that responding to these people, which will have an impact over time if it continues. Mm -hmm. So nobody is uh, nobody is immune to negativity from their society. They they just aren't. If it's none of your business what other people think of you, try and remember that, and that's the best you got. Now, what about if we report it to a social media platform? If we do that. We might get a short-term, that person might get a short-term ban, but the chances are if they're that kind of person anyway that does those things, they might already have a backup account ready right. for if they get banned. Right. And if, and when they do get banned, uh, when the ban is ended, they'll probably just start it all up all over again because it is just their lifestyle. It's who they are. Unless it fizzles out, yeah. So should we report it to the school or report it to the workplace? Schools and workplaces often just don't, they just don't know what to do about it. Right. And if they do have protocols in place, they aren't effective as of today. Yeah, you don't want the schools to like, hey, should we bring the police involved? And then I know. people have records. It's like, oh, no, that's not how right. it Well, additionally, these abusive messages might be delivered by an account that doesn't actually identify the people by name. So they can't say even who's doing it. Mm. Now, if it's really, really bad, we could report it to the police, but the police aren't likely to be able to do anything about it either due to many um, factors, including anonymity. Hmm. The Internet and social media is worldwide, which makes it really difficult for authorities to take any action at all. Right. So, but if someone walks up to you, um, into the, someone walks up to you at the grocery store parking lot, you're standing in the parking lot, they walk up, they start screaming obscenities and threatening your life, you can call the police mm -hmm. and they can take action. You can't threaten to kill someone face to face mm -hmm. without some kind of consequence. But you if know. you have a, a profile that is some sort of cartoon duck or <laughs> beaver or maybe some other kind of Oregon-based thing, then you can do whatever you want. But it happens all the time on the internet. I don't know why Oregon. You know? Yeah. I suppose we could just remove ourselves from the social media platform or simply log off. Mm. Now, it's surprising how many times I've heard this solution. Just ignore them, right? But is it really that easy? After kind of digging into it from my own experiences, I found that a difficult uh, solution to accept. It does seem just do nothing. You're right. fine. Just well, in, in my case, I'm running three businesses online, mm -hmm. you know, one of which is attached to social media groups. 
So I have to be on social media if I want to remain connected to our listeners. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. To take it a step further, I should, should I be told that I should just give up my business and do something else? No. Because people are nasty on a particular platform. Now this doesn't, doesn't sound quite right to me. Personally, I'll not be giving up anything because of a handful of terrible individuals. But does that mean I should have to put up with people essentially walking up to me in a grocery store parking lot and threatening my life every day? I mean, if it's online, yes. It's not every day. But, you know, is it just something that I just have to deal with? If you're a public figure on the Internet, yes. Well, that that brings another thing. Uh, What makes you a public figure? You damn fucking talk too much. That's what it is. If you're on the Internet... Uh, everybody is in public because the internet is public. Yeah. So everyone is essentially somewhat of a public figure, including the 14-year-old girl who's a freshman in high school who's being bullied. Fair enough. Okay. In some cases, children are being abused and harassed by other children. Now, should they be forced to leave social media um, because of somebody else? Often, if a student removes themselves from one site... The bullying will only continue on a different site. Right. Additionally, why should we be removing ourselves off a platform that we very often have positive interactions with? Hmm. For example, like we interact with family or friends or loved ones on social media. I mean, that's a lot of what we do there. Well, now we're down to carrier pigeons, so (laughs) whatever. Smoke signals. How can I? Personally, I'm at an age now where I really don't feel the need to impress people or try to get people to like me. Hmm. My policy is what what other people say about me isn't any of my business. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't. Right. You don't have to be around me if you don't want to. But school age children and adolescents may not have developed that level of resilience and emotional maturity yet. They got their phones in their hands or in their pockets or bags all day and all night. There's absolutely no escape from it. And this has led to a lot of suicides amongst young people. There's so many factors that I could bring up about the difficulties of dealing with online bullying. The internet is everywhere, and as such, so are the problems. It's such an emotional subject that there's no universally agreed way of dealing with online abuse. There's no right and there's no wrong when it comes to how you decide um, how you decide how you want to deal with it at this point. Now. I'd like to draw the focus back to this whole this whole thing. Let's look at it and look at it as humans as a whole. And let's go all the way back to the evolution of mankind or maybe even, um, you know, before when we were still in the form of some animal or creature. Or cave painting or beyond. Right. Okay. So from the very beginning, mammals have required a mate to reproduce and the ability to source food and shelter. Sex and food. I like right. That's... They formed, uh, soon formed small societies with both sexes, which offered a great level of protection for these people. Mm-hmm. Within these clans or societies, they've evolved hierarchies and they've agreed upon roles that each would play within that. And over thousands of years, this has evolved into uh, the very complex societies and hierarchies that we have today. Authority good, now, non-authority bad. I'm aware that that's a very simplistic version of what's happened over time, but mm. for today's purpose, it's enough. That's all you know about <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, so we've always known that evolution is a slow process that happens over thousands of years. We change and we learn to adapt to each new challenge in our environment. So I spoke about the development of computers and the internet earlier. 
It only took 30 years uh, for us to go from people dealing with people face-to-face most of the time uh, to mostly connecting online. And in the grand scheme of things, that time overall, 30 years is nothing. Mm -hmm. It took us about 2.2 million years to develop the social skills that have allowed us to live in the hierarchical societies that we live in today. Now, it might be difficult for some of to imagine how we relate to communities in the Stone Age. So I'll use an example here. Now, this, ladies, this one's for you. Adjust your booby cubes accordingly. Can you imagine living in a time where women were absolutely expected to stay at home and look after the children while the men went out to work? I can imagine it. It was socially unacceptable at this time to not be a housewife. Fuck the patriarchy. (laughs) Can you imagine being told that you can't do a particular job because it was only for men? Like, legally unavailable to you because you're female? That was only 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. We still see similar attitudes occasionally in some places today. But the point I'm trying to make here is that these attitudes have taken decades to evolve and to begin to change. It was Professor Paul Gilbert who pointed out the importance of a broader social and evolutionary theory in making sense of cyberbullying. What a dork. 30 years for the internet to to develop is no time at all in the grand scheme of things. Technology has developed faster than our ability to change collective behavior. So Professor Gilbert points out that all behavior is based on basic needs such as, quote, food, sharing, fight, flight, submission, freezing, and our basic cognitive competencies. Wow. These are, prim- these are primitive needs that drive all of our behavior. Now, imagine a child on the playground sitting alone. A child from a larger group walks over and tells that child to hand over their money or their food or their toy or whatever it is. The solo child has no backup or no protection. It would be very difficult for that child to say no to the person who was demanding something from them. And that's because the child who was demanding the object had others to support him and overpower that child if necessary. That situation is all about dominance, power, and social standing. The child in that group is much more powerful and influential than the lone child. Mm. Similarly, similarly, I hate that word so much. Similarly, similarly, a child walks over to a larger group and asks if they can join in with eating their snacks. Now, if the group only had enough snacks for them, they would likely not allow that other child into their group. Right. Fuck that kid. But if they had plenty, they'd be more than willing to allow them to join. Mm hmm. A slightly different example would be someone who joins a real estate sales team. Mm. The team already has a really good relationship within this group. Real tours. <laughs> when, when this new person joins in. They sound like dinosaurs to me. I'm a real tour. <laughs> <laughs> when this new person joins the group, they could be rejected and essentially bullied as a result. But... Let's say that this person is wearing expensive clothing Mm. and shoes. The attitude of the group might change because they think uh, that this new person has money and therefore a better social standing or more influence Mm. over people. Now, we're doing more and more online now uh, than we've ever done before. Right. Now, as I stated earlier, most of us 
have a mobile phone in our pockets or in our hands day and night. And we do everything on our phones. Mm -hmm. I'll use my phone as an example. All of my family members' contacts or details are there. Mm -hmm. Um, I call or text frequently my family if if I feel uncomfortable. I can FaceTime somebody while I'm walking home from the store or an event. If I get in trouble, I can call somebody to come help me. I've got a few social media platforms on my phone, and this means that I can connect with friends and family that I don't see or talk to every day. My phone allows me to fulfill orders and answer customer questions on the fly. I have my calendar on there so I know where I'm supposed to be and when. It's a place where you can bop your bean, too, if you want to. I've got, my, I've got my banking apps okay, on there. Okay, your banking apps. Uh, meaning that I can make transactions in bean or out of my bank whenever fun. I need to. I got my emails on there so I can stay informed. I'm just plowing right through your comments. <laughs> I got my pictures on there, and these pictures capture moments in time that I want to remember. You don't need a mouse to double click it. And I and I often <laughs> go back through the pictures and you know and they make me smile. They're moments in time. Right. They're my personal photos. Mm-hmm. This tiny little device has allowed me to meet a lot of my basic needs. <laughs> Those needs that we were talking about before. Safety, structure, feelings of self-worth, being bopping, a sense of belonging, financial security, biz de- business development and so on. <laughs> Now, it shouldn't be very much of a surprise to learn that many of us feel a deep emotional connection to our phones and other communication devices because of these things. We should probably name these things if we love them so much. Well, maybe. I don't don't have a name for my phone. I haven't named it. I haven't thought of a name for a phone before. Cuddles. What about phone? (laughs) Phone? (laughs) No. Chair. It's like naming your cat, cat. Its name is Chair. (laughs) Whatever. Like so many others, I'm essentially in a relationship with my phone, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. uh, It becomes an important part of our lives. So when we see or read hurtful comments or experience bullying, it's likely to hurt us deeply, more deeply, because we're so emotionally attached to the object that's delivering that message. Um, Now, this is not something that we will consciously uh, acknowledge or consciously see. This is a subconscious thing. Mm. Um, So another thing to focus on here is that we're able to connect globally on the Internet in other societies and social structures. Previously, we had evolved to get along with and to trust people within our own communities. Mm -hmm. Despite our differences... There are shared values, shared norms, and shared beliefs in those communities. Let's use a couple of examples then to highlight this. So there's a small town where everyone knows everyone. Mm -hmm. A 25-year-old male is found to have images of child abuse on their laptop. That community would come together and condemn that man. I hate this story already, just so you know. But I mean, the condemning part, good. Well, maybe even force him out of his home, right? That person might even actually become afraid of having those images on their computer for fear of what would happen if anybody found out. Good. Now, as humans in a community, we, we kind of keep each other in check. However, you give that man the ability to connect to other child abuse offenders on the dark web, mm-hmm. and immediately they become validated and they continue their behavior. It becomes normal within that online community. Mm-hmm. Another example would be a person from the U.S. chatting with a person from China and discussing, uh, you know, general life. And let's say the U.S. person said they're 
getting ready to go to a vegan food festival the following weekend. Yeesh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they asked the Chinese person, what are you doing next weekend? And they say they're going to a dog meat festival. Mm. Because they come from such different communities and have different beliefs and different standards, it might actually lead to conflict. Okay. What I'm trying to convey here is that we haven't yet developed a shared sense of community across the globe. Mm-hmm. Traditional culture is playing catch up with digital culture. But what you're saying is we need to kind of like equalize what everybody eats. Everybody's <laughs> eating McDonald's. No, for, that oh, is not. How no. did you get that out of that? I sure, didn't. I sure <laughs> don't know. Not good. Within each culture, we have different sets of shared beliefs, ideas, values, and knowledge. However, the digital culture has yet to define what the shared norms and values are in the digital culture. Individuals with bullying tendencies are motivated to express their offensive beliefs because other people are doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They might have a deep desire to eliminate their own feelings of insecurity and anger, and so they project that on other people. Uh, These bullies might be experiencing negative emotions such as shame, jealousy, fear, a lack of fulfillment, and they use bullying tactics in an attempt to increase their social rank and to make others seem or look as though they are in a lower social rank. Hmm. Bullies will use various tactics on their victims, whether it's face-to-face or online, they will mock other people and they'll put them down for having various attitudes, beliefs, or experiences. They might use physical objects such as uh, state-of-the-art mobile phones or Uh, designer clothing or gadgets in order to appear as having a higher social standing hence makes them more important Mm -hmm. increasingly there are bullies using and sharing photographs and videos of their victims to shame them online Uh, and even creating memes to encourage laughter at the expense of their victims i do love a good meme now don't get me wrong i truly believe the best way to squash bad ideas is through humor this is not the same as bullying Mm. so in conclusion then So uh, what I've come to, Mm -hmm. the development of technology and the Internet has led to a period of rapid development. Now we've got access to anyone across the world, even all the famous people that we didn't previously have contact with. I bet they regret the fuck (laughs) out of that. Access to the Internet has allowed people from from all cultures to come together without ever meeting in person, Mm -hmm. making the world a much smaller place for all of us. Right. It's also allowed very angry people the safety of never coming face to face with the people that they're being aggressive to or making negative comments towards. How empowering. It's an anonymous way of targeting people with very little to no social consequences for them. That's probably good. Cyberbullying can provide a way for individuals to project their own feelings of distress onto another person. Without offense. Uh, When they bully online, it might provide the sender of that message with some temporary excitement or temporary relief from feelings of frustration. A cruelty boner. It's possible that some people are unable to form a positive connection with others. And so this negative destructive communication becomes more rewarding for the person rather than just sitting there feeling alone and isolated. Back to that fence again. In dealing with these aggressors, we could laugh it off. You know, we could write nasty comments back. We mm-hmm. could we could ask them if they're okay and if they need any help. Right. We could report it. We could leave the platform that we're getting bullied on. Mm-hmm. Hide under your desk. But these these aren't an appropriate solution for some people. Uh, me being one of them, if I were in that situation, I couldn't just leave, mm. right? 
Even if the aggressor leaves the platform online, bullying will continue with other people on there. The internet's everywhere, and as such, some of the problems that it brings. It's such an emotive subject that there's no universally agreed way of how to deal with it. Currently, there's no right or wrong when it comes to this subject. Internet bullies can be motivated to express their offensive beliefs because other people are. We all shit. (laughs) For those that have been listening to the dipshit files for a while, might remember the episode where I covered the madness of crowds and groupthink. Greater good. This remains the same when it comes to the internet, albeit uh, a bit more intense due to the anonymity. These people might have a deep desire to eliminate their own feelings of insecurity and anger, and so they project this onto other people by making nasty comments or by bullying them online. They could be experiencing negative emotions, such as shame, jealousy, or lack of fulfillment. They could be experiencing deep-seated fear of betrayal when their heroes are questioned, or the fear of being seen as wrong in the public eye if their beliefs are up for debate. Eh, well, fuck it. Many people will attach their self-worth to someone else's actions, and in return will attack if that person is shown to be less than perfect. You know what I think about that? Oh, it wasn't as good one. This, this is where shot myself. This is where mob attacks come into play around religion, politics, and other large social groups. People use bullying tactics in an attempt to increase their own social rank by making others look as though they have a lower social rank. So, thirty years for the internet to develop is absolutely no time at all. We, I think, we've discovered that here. Mm-hmm. Technology has developed way faster than our ability to change this collective behavior. We haven't yet developed a sense of uh, shared sense of community across the world. Traditional culture, like I said, is playing catch up to digital culture. The question of what we can do about is left un- what we could do about it is left unanswered as of now, um, as there are many factors to consider in developing a shared plan that works for everyone involved at least within their respective cultures. However, it has been suggested that one way of partly relieving shameful feelings uh, is when we meet other people who are willing to empathize with us or they've been through similar experiences. Let's talk about it on the other side of the thing. What do our dipshits think about this shit, eh? All right, well, quite an interesting subject that we all deal with. Mm -hmm. And everybody's afraid to speak Mm-hmm. in this era and it's not necessarily because everybody's evil or there's some Illuminati mm-hmm. conspiracy going on it's, it's just, because of the bullies it, and it's just that everything's very public we're a lot more public mm-hmm. than our ancestors were right and we just haven't figured out how to do it right right you know there is a, a, I guess a hypothesis that you know usually in society you are able to isolate people that have really anti-social behaviors mm-hmm. in ways that you know families will do though right remove the child from whatever like, like we talked schools. about the 25 year old with abusive images on their laptop exactly as a society or as a community we're able to isolate those individuals um either through you know help or shame or mm-hmm. whatever but they lead the charge the a lot of times when mm-hmm. it doesn't matter which one it is you can see the people that are taking the opportunity to uh, just go ham on mm-hmm. people's integrity or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. And, and there's thousands of them I all know. the time. Yes, so, I mean, it, your time's coming, people. Watch your mouth. Well, part of it, part of it is the anonymity. You know, mm-hmm. even if you're using your real name and you have your photo on these social media platforms, there's not still, charter a bus there's or, still uh, an implied amount of anonymity, yeah, you know, to, yeah. to your statement. 
uh, you're not saying it to the person in the grocery store parking lot right to their face where they can punch you. Right. Um, you I know think what that's I mean? still about the same level. I don't know. Uh, there should be some data on that. Has it increased our level of interactions between each other that are county or is it just yeah, see, stayed the same? That'd be interesting to find I, out. I did look at it. I looked into it and it's, it was very contradictory no matter where I looked. Hmm. Um, I couldn't find an actual like median number. Such a, such a it, complicated. It really seemed like it was opinion based, so yeah. I didn't put that in there. Yeah. Well, it seems too complicated mm. to, to yeah. really be able to like find all the all right, the avenues right. to really look at. One of the things I thought of while you were talking was uh, about our kids, where mm-hmm. we kind of watched. You know, as you said, mm-hmm. we've, we've evolved for thousands and thousands of generations to make certain kinds of eye contact and right. facial expressions. I mean, most people know that the vast majority of our communications person to person is mm-hmm. body language and, right. and not verbal. I think the actual percentage of that is 79% of communication is nonverbal. Right. Yeah. So that's huge. And mm-hmm. then with, with our kids and our kids, you know, we talked to them about it and stuff and they're conscious of it. But, you know, I remember seeing them at a movie theater one time mm-hmm. and our kids saw their friends and I remember when I would see my friends at a movie theater, that same scenario, we'd run up and we'd talk and we'd hug or we'd call them names or whatever. Right, and there'd right. be interactions and facial yeah. expressions. They immediately went to their phones and started texting each other. They're 25 feet away. I remember that. And it was like, huh, I wonder what that does to, right. that was the first instinct. Mm-hmm. So, and that was 10, 15 years ago too, when they were little. So it's like, I don't know, man. Right. There's a, uh, there's something ha- happening that. It's not like it's natural evolution. We just added a device into our lives. Well, and it's an evolution that's being forced at this point. Uh, And I'm not sure how much evolution, at least social evolution, how much of it has been forced over the past hundred years. You know, Um, there's a certain development that needs to take place within uh, communities and within the human psyche in order to be able to embrace the changes Mm -hmm. and if it's forced uh in a short period of time you end up with conflict and that's Mm -hmm. just the way humans work and i think that's what we're seeing right now is that conflict uh it's uncomfortable and it's confusing is this the growing pangs of fucking i think it is i I do we're just not it's of course morality is not going to be caught up with how quickly technology is and and this is a brand new area i mean the globe is no longer separate we're all joined somehow through the internet and this is this is new and i it's never been experienced before in the history of humanity that's why i think we need all cultures are connected now yeah that's why i think we need a podcaster's pirate code just like Shaden brought up in the last you know, jar yeah, is because that is mm-hmm. what's missing at least between just, I mean, we don't want, we don't need laws and shit mm-hmm. for the pirate seas. I don't right. think right? because we haven't really needed them so far, mm-hmm. but there's just things that you shouldn't do. And there's lots of them that mm-hmm. we could think of. There's lots of ways to use a podcast nefariously mm-hmm. to allow audiences to do things without stepping in or mm-hmm. without there's all sorts of things that are out of control too that are they're right. way beyond control well, see, of anything but back to this here though as far as uh, acceptable behavior I don't foresee the thing that I developed um, the thoughts that I developed while I was writing the script I don't foresee uh, any way to develop um, uh, 
socially acceptable way to communicate across the globe yeah. because I there's there's so many differences in different cultures. Maybe AI will step in do and you, help. Do us. you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't see how we can because what's acceptable there is not acceptable here, and oh, vice for sure. versa. Absolutely. So it's uh, it was a conundrum I ran into when I was writing this. Going, God, I mean, what is okay for and and it's not just over there and here. It's here and here. Mm-hmm. You know what's acceptable in. Spokane may not be acceptable in friggin' Orlando. Right. Do you know what I mean? So right. it's it's a very interesting thing. Freedom is dangerous. The internet gives human beings a level of freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, we don't have fences around the psychos, mm-hmm. and so they get to lead the charge however they want to. Right. That makes it, I guess, more dangerous if you want to look at it like that. Mm-hmm. Freedom is dangerous. It is. It's the uh, the alternative is to put a bunch of laws in place that that quiet and I, people, and I then there has want, to be I arbiters of these kind of things. I don't want to do that either. Right. I think that honestly, I think there's got to be a way uh, to let the communities handle this stuff right and i think we kind of are i think the the social media platforms are learning as they go this, mm-hmm. this is all such new stuff and and we know it is and looking at the data we know how terrible for example instagram is to a certain sector of our young people right uh, we know how awful facebook can be to a certain sector of our older people mm-hmm. you know it's none of it's good for us but it's also really good for us to be able to have this kind of communication yeah, level. Absolutely. So we're not going to give it up. I don't want to give it up. Mm-mm. I don't care if people call me a cunt for the rest of my life. It's like, well, I still want to use the fucking internet, so right. I guess I'll just have to live with right. it. Right. I guess as society, we want to figure out ways to, to make it better. Right. Uh, but it will never be utopia because human beings don't like each other all no. the time. And that's no, that's, the and that is the, that's the bottom line. We're capricious even about it we sometimes. Are. You know, well, we, what we like yesterday, we won't like today. So who fucking knows? <laughs> well, whoever's <laughs> out there in the world talking about the podcaster pirate code, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's been thought of before I ever came along. Uh, I hope they've come up with some good things. I'd like yeah. to look at it if we can track it down. Mm-hmm. If it hasn't been thought of for some fucking crazy reason, which I, I imagine is impossible at this point, but... Uh, I wonder what, what, what are podcast codes? What's right. something important? We'll discuss this some other time on some other show here. Yeah. Uh, hopefully maybe jar in the future mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I definitely don't think you should drag out personal stuff that, that people could be bullied that are innocent outside mm-hmm. of the, you know, right. I think that should be on the, off the table. I think, you know, encouraging, uh, audiences to participate in kind of sociopathic or, or psychopathic behavior mm-hmm. and group think. And I think that's I shouldn't mean, be. You should always call off the dogs if you have that power. Like every mob always has like somebody that can break down the mob. Mm-hmm. And so it falls into their lap and their responsibility. Well, there's they don't have to, but it's like right. part of the code maybe is like. It's, mora- it's it's the ethical thing to do. If you have the power to make something stop yeah. that's unnecessary and excessive, you should. Yeah, uh, It's like that the individuals, in, including famous people that have been bullied completely off Twitter. Right. You know, they're just, they're gone now. Well, let's flip it, though. What happens when you say completely asinine things forever? Mm-hmm. Enough people see through it. You're a liar. You're, mm-hmm. you're doing whatever it is dishonest, being unscrupulous to the Internet. Mm-hmm. And people drive you off or they hammer you every time. Mm-hmm. I'm not against that at all. Like, I've spent a lot of time on the Internet as a person that, there's a that difference. quote, trolls there's, and whatnot. But there's a difference between calling someone out on uh, 
dishonest behavior or unscrupulous behavior and calling them ugly and telling them they should kill themselves. Well, well, There is a big difference. I definitely get that. But you can call them names uh, while you're trying to dispel their ideas because funny is very powerful. I mean, humiliation is the goal when people are doing that. And that goes back to the best way to squash bad ideas is through humor. Yeah. It's like the digital nuclear bomb. It kind of is. It's like mm-hmm. the the mob is so powerful, mm-hmm. and it's uh, although, but but is it really? Because it dies off very quickly. It's very also capricious. It's also has a short attention span. Right. So it's, I don't. It's, it's unwieldy. It can. I mean, they bite each other, eat right. each other. I've been watching that. You know, when yeah. you have these large groups of folks that seem uh, joined at the hip as far as their um, their values are concerned, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, depending on how aggressive they are, the more aggressive they are at their target, the more aggressive they are at each other because they will turn on each other. Right. So it's really, it's weird. It's a, I don't know. I'm finding the the internet a very interesting sociological study. Yeah, I wonder what insights you guys have. Yeah, if you, if you have some insights that might lead to this conversation later, mm-hmm. uh, let us know. Info at scatcast.com yes. is always the place to get a hold of us. We're curious about this. We right. had a, we had a tiny experience. I didn't even feel like I was cyber bullied. It, mm-hmm. We were just talked about because we put some stuff into the universe. Right. But anyway, thank you so much for the research on this one. Oh, you're welcome. Very interesting as always. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this. We appreciate all of you. We appreciate our scat meme army out there mm. and all of you scooper troopers, all the patrons, our beloved trusted turd triad of Don, Chris, and Bodie. Mm-hmm. There's PJN Mini doing our subreddit, all our lovely admins in the Facebook world. We've got 10 fat cats now. I can't thank you guys enough for mm-hmm. that. That's crazy. We're going to open up a couple more slots just because people are asking for it. Uh, but as always, we'll talk at you in the future. And it'll seem like the present. Bye. Bye. Bing. Bong. Poop. Kirk a hammer.